Thanks for checking out this video. My name is Kiara, and I hope you enjoy this message from Redemption Church. Well, if you have a Bible, you can open it up to 2 Samuel. We're going to dance around between chapters 15 through 17. It'll probably be kind of hard to follow uh, because there's a lot of verses, and so I'm going to have to kind of summarize the story for you. If you don't know me, my name's Stephen. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm glad you decided to join us. We're in a series called Living Wisely, and this is the second half of a series that was initially titled Becoming Wise. And so we spent the first four weeks talking about the need of wisdom and what wisdom is. And we've been defining wisdom like this. Wisdom is the humility to know, discern, and walk the best possible path. We all want to walk the best path in life, but it's important that we define what the best path is. See, the best path is not the easiest path. It's not the quickest path. It's not the shortest path. It's not necessarily the most prosperous or the most glamorous path. No, the best path is the path fully submitted to God's will. And so wisdom is the humility. And so really, we spent the first four weeks laying a framework for wisdom around humility or the fear of the Lord, humbly or submitting ourselves fully to God's will. But we've all experienced or have experienced the tension or the difficulty of trying to figure out exactly what God's will is. And maybe you've had a moment in life where you've obtained all the information that you needed about something, but it was still hard to make a decision. See, last week I introduced a chart that's going to help us live wisely. And at the top of it were three words, know, discern, and walk. Know, discern, and walk, part of our definition. Last week, we talked about know or knowledge, and I showed you this chart. We've had a lot of charts in this series. This knowledge chart was the three ways the Bible tells us how to obtain information. Others, I'm sorry, how to gain knowledge, information, experience, and others. So I hope this week, maybe you've added a, a sermon podcast to your iTunes or you read a book for the first time in a while, or you spent more time in scripture, you made a greater commitment to obtain proper knowledge. But getting all of the knowledge doesn't necessarily lead to wisdom. What we have to do then is the next step. We're calling it the step of discernment. We're going to define discernment like this, the proper application of knowledge. So you can hear a bunch of right or true things, but if you don't know how to apply those into the particular situation, knowing doesn't matter. And so this week, and actually next week, we're going to do part one of discernment, part two of discernment, is the middle ground between I know everything I need to know, and all the way over here, I now want to walk the best path. Discernment is the part in the middle. And so we're going to look this week more philosophically at discernment and next week more practically. And then we'll end this series in two weeks on how we actually walk it out. Because many of us know you can know and you can discern. You can have exactly the right course of action. But if you don't walk down it, it doesn't matter. That'll be in two weeks. So today, we look at this story. 
takes place in ancient Israel. We have four characters, and it's going to be important that we have a picture of who these characters are. David, that's an easy one. He's king. Got it? King David. David, king. Second character, Absalom. Absalom is David's son, and he's conspiring against his father to violently overthrow him and to take the kingdom. Third character is Ahithophel. You can call him Phil if that helps you. Ahithophel is the greatest advisor in the land. He is to counsel what Joanna Gaines is to decorating, okay? So Ahithophel, Joanna Gaines. Got it? Fourthly, Hushai. Hushai is David's friend who gets sent in as a spy. Hushai spy. Just kind of merge it into one. David, Absalom, Ahithophel, Joanna Gaines, Hushai. There's your four characters. Fascinating story in the Old Testament. We're going to pick up the story in 15, chapter 15, verse 30. I'm going to give you, by the way, five principles for discernment this morning. Five principles for discernment. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, barefoot and with his head covered. Sounds like a country music song. And all the people who were with him covered their heads, and they went up, weeping as they went. And it was told David... Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, oh, Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And so our story starts with David climbing up the Mount of Olives, tears filling his eyes, probably asking questions like this, God, why have I gone through so much just to end up here? Or maybe this question, God, have you forsaken me? Maybe even more deeply, this question, is this happening because of my transgressions? And so he's fleeing the city, abandoning his capital as his son rides in to take over. He's surrounded by those who are still loyal to him, who are also crying as they escape. Maybe you have felt this. Maybe you've asked those same questions is all this happening because I sinned? God, have you forsaken me? Have you, have you forgotten your promise to me? God, why did you bring me through all of this just for it to end like this? If so, you need what David had in that moment, discernment, discernment. And if it wasn't bad enough, as David is leaving town, somebody runs up to him and says, David, David, Ahithophel is staying around with Absalom. That's not good news for David. Ahithophel, his counsel is gold. Absalom's got the military might. He's got the uh, upswing and energy and momentum, the people behind him. And now he has the wisest counsel in the land. David is in trouble. So what does the wise old king do? He leaves town. And as he's leaving, his friend, a close friend, deep friend, Hushai comes up and says, David, you're my king. 
and you're my friend, and I will never abandon you. I am always with you. I'm going to go with you, and we'll all run together. And wherever we end up, we end up. And if we die, we die. And David looks back at him, and he says, nope, you stay here. I want you to go back into town. I want you to work your way into Absalom's inner circle. And I want you to wait for exactly the right moment. That's how the story is set up. And so Hushai, at probably a cost of his own life, is going to pretend to forsake his friend David to convince Absalom that he's turned on his back on David to work his way into Absalom's inner circle, just waiting for the right moment to turn the tables. This is a story. And so David escapes out into the wilderness. And as he's escaping out into the wilderness, Absalom and his men roll into town. They roll into town, and the language of him rolling into town is as one who has rebelled against his king and is now there to violently overthrow and to establish himself as authority. The first three principles that we're going to look at, we're going to look through the lens of Absalom. The last two, we'll look through the lens of David. The first principle is this. When it comes to discernment, it begins with submitting to the king. See, Absalom has everything going for him. He has the love of the people. He's gained momentum. He has military might. He has youth and energy and passion. And now he has Ahithophel. What he doesn't have is right standing. He has not properly submitted to the king, David. And so all throughout the story in the scripture, God plants these little verses Let's say that he's on the side of righteousness, that he's on the side of justice. Friends, for you and I, if we want to have proper discernment, it starts with once we've gained our knowledge, once we're walking down the path of making the decision to do exactly what we've talked about the first four weeks, to make sure that we have humbled ourselves before God and we are committed to godly action not what feels good to us. For Absalom, it felt great for him to not wait till his father was gone to take the kingdom or by chance for it to fall to one of his brothers. It felt better for him to come in and to take it over. And his lack of submission to the king led him down an unwise path. When you and I throw off God's authority, no matter how much we align everything else, we are off the best possible path. It starts with submitting ourselves to God's authority. Next week, I'm going to give you four questions to ask to make sure that you're following this first step of discernment. For this week, let's keep walking down the path. So Absalom rolls into town, gathers everybody around him, Everyone being Ahithophel, his advisors. We don't know who they are. They're unnamed advisors. Really, only two advisors seem to matter here. And Hushai comes 
walking in to Absalom's cabinet meeting. Hushai, David's friend, closest friend. And Absalom looks at Hushai and he says, is this your loyalty to your friend? Is this how you would treat your friend? He uses the word friend so much, he's like he's trying to prove a point. It's almost like he's looking at Hushai and he's saying, you're a horrible person. I know you and I know David and I know how good of friends you've been. Why are you here with me? Absalom knows not to trust Hushai. Second principle of discernment is this. Choose your advisor's carefully. This is a hard life lesson, friends. Not all who appear to be for you are actually for you. And when things are good, they will be on your side. And when things turn, they will turn. Choose carefully who you let in your inner circle. Hushai arrived, you say, how do I know? Hushai arrived at Absalom's inner circle because of his appeared lack of character. You following me? Absalom was actually right. He looked at Hushai and he said, you shouldn't be here. And he was right. Hushai was being a horrible friend to David. The only reason he would come over to Absalom's side is because he lacked character. Let me say it this way. If somebody arrives at your inner circle and the only reason they've arrived there is because previous displays of lack of character, be careful to let them in. So Absalom, in his pride, lets Hushai in, thinking this, ah, what you've done to David, you would never do to me. How you trick David, you could never trick me like that. So he lets him in. Maybe it was a way just to spite David. Look, your friend has come in. He's on my side now. Choose your advisors carefully. Who you let in at key moments of your life will have a great determination on your success in life. If you let the wrong person in at the wrong time, eventually they will be in and you will be out. Be careful who you let in. Absalom doesn't follow this advice. And so he lets Hushai in, despite his better judgment out of his pride. Then what happens is the Hithophel's there and Hushai's there and Absalom's kind of wondering, hey, what should we do now? We got this you know, kingdom that we still need to take over. And he goes, somebody give me some advice. So Ahithophel gives him some advice. And it's kind of weird advice. It has to do with David's concubines. We're not really going to get into that this morning. And so Absalom takes the advice. It ends up being good advice and that it was a wise decision. And so Ahithophel is now batting a thousand in his advice given. 
And then at the end of that little um, section in scripture, there's this verse that tells us that the counsel of Ahithophel was considered like the voice of God, both to David and Absalom. So both David and Absalom look at Ahithophel like it was God himself speaking. And so here you have Absalom, who has the, the, the best advisor in the land, who's already given him one piece of good advice, who he and his father both say, this guy speaks for God on his team. And after the good piece of advice first, Ahithophel goes, now my king, let me give you another piece of advice. And so Ahithophel goes on. And this is what he says to Absalom. He says, give me 12,000 men and I will go after David right now, quickly. And we will conquer David and you will be king. And Absalom says, that sounds fantastic. And so he sends Ahithophel out and Ahithophel tracks David down and he finds him in the cave and he slays David. And he drags his body back into town. And people start singing Absalom's praises. And it's why this day, Absalom is known as the greatest king of Israel, the one who made it what it is. And then later, he writes this book called Proverbs. And he's known as the wisest king ever. Except none of that happened. None of it. Other than the advice piece. Now, Absalom's deficiency of discernment led to his downfall. And so Ahithophel gives him the exact right piece of knowledge, the exact right application to the situation. And instead of taking it and following it, Absalom instead gives us our third piece, our third truth of discernment, which is this, limit your advisors. Limit your advisors. The, the phrase itself actually goes like this. They say, this is really good advice. Great. Everyone really likes it. Then Absalom said, after the advice was given, call Hushai the archite also and let us hear what he has to say. That phrase right there, let us hear also what he has to say, has destroyed has destroyed things. That idea, I've gotten the proper advice. This guy has been perfect in his advice so far, both he and my father think of it as, the, uh, as God himself were speaking to us. Listen, if the person who's speaking for the voice of God gives you good advice and he's already proven he's given good advice, you should probably follow it. Instead, Absalom says, no, let us hear this too. Let us hear what Hushai, the guy who isn't even supposed to be there. I mean, look at this. You, you have one guy, Ahithophel. His counsel is perfect. It's revered. He speaks for God. He's been perfect in his advice already. Gives advice. Then you have Hushai, who's a traitor, who you first suspected should never be in. But let's go ahead and hear what he has to say. Limit your advisors. Limit the people who shouldn't be there in the first place in allowing to tell you how to discern your next step. 
In fact, they hear Hushai's advice. Hushai, the spy, sent him by David. And Hushai says the exact opposite that Ahithophel said. And you know what they say, they say at the end? Absalom, he goes, <laughs> this advice is better. This advice is better than Ahithophel's. Haven't you said that before? Oh, this sounds better than that. You've been trying to figure it out. You, you uh, aligned the, uh, the right people in your life. You got all of the proper information. You made the decision. But then you said, well, let's let them hear too. And then they said something that spoke to your ego. They said something that satisfied something carnal or sinful. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? That, that, that actually sounds better. You were so committed that you're finally, we're going to get your finances in order. You were going to do the right things. You were going to walk the right path. Then somebody else comes up. They tell you the exact opposite thing, but you get to buy the new car. And you go, you know what? That sounds better. You were finally committed to having a godly relationship. You were going to do it as the Bible says. You were going to obey him. You were going to obey the scriptures. Then you talk to somebody else and they say, you know what? Those concepts are outdated. They're not really that important. You go, you know what? That sounds better. That sounds way better. You're trying to figure out what you were going to do next. You were young, and you got your parents' advice, and they told you the right thing. And then you went over to your dumb friends who are the same age as you are, and they told you what to do. And you go, you know what? That sounds better. Don't let that sounds better deter you from getting what is actually best. See, it is in this process right here, in this discernment process. Because you haven't walked yet, but you're deciding which way you're going to walk. You're, you've obtained all of the information, but now you have to decide, am I going this way or this way or this way? And it's right here in this discernment process where things either end up great or tragic. This is crucial. So make sure you're submitted to the king. Make sure you've chosen your advisors carefully. Make sure you limit those who will speak into your life. The last two truths we're going to see from David's perspective. I read a book about this story once. At the time I read it, I thought it was brilliant. Then I read the Bible, and I realized the author missed something. See, the point the author made was that David didn't fight back. He just gave Absalom the kingdom. But David did fight back. He just didn't fight back with violence. He fought back with wisdom. See, the underpinning of this entire story is this. Absalom's youth and energy was no match for David's wisdom. David's Wisdom was always going to win. Verse 14 of chapter 15. This is before all the other story that I've told you. 
Then David said to all his servants who are with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee, or else there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Go quickly, lest they overtake us quickly and bring down ruin on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. What did David know? If Absalom gets to us quickly, we lose. What was the advice Ahithophel gave to Absalom? It's David, get him quickly or you'll lose. What was Hushai's advice to Absalom? Slow down. What did David do? Point four, he used his past. He used his past. Using our past as a way to both gain information, it's also a way to apply discernment. Just this last week, I had this idea. It's an idea I've had a dozen times. And I was about to like hop on the idea and like move down this little path. It's something major. I was just about to do it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I've done this like 12 times in life, and it always ends in failure. I was like, finally. It took me 33 years, but I've gotten slightly smarter. (laughs) David used his past. David knew that when he had Jonathan as an inside man, it saved his life. So David sent Hushai in as an inside man. David knew what it was like to be on the run. He knew that if he regrouped, his mighty men would come back to him. He knew if he lost quickly, he would be done. David used his past and all of the wisdom that came to him and quickly put into process exactly what needed to happen for him to win. And not only win, but to win the way he wanted to win. He wanted to win in such a way that wouldn't harm his son, even though he was conspiring against him. And he actually did. And had not his general disobeyed him, he would have retaken the throne without bloodshed. So David puts into practice wisdom. The fifth thing David did is this. He knew who to trust. He knew who to trust. He sent Hushai back in, not anybody else. He sent Hushai in because of his long-term commitment to him, because of his friendship, because of his loyalty. He knew who to trust in the moment of trouble. And knowing who to trust in the moment of trouble was the thing that saved David's life. And so he sends Hushai back in. Imagine the story from Hushai's perspective. He has to convince Absalom that he's traded on David, work his way into the inner circle, and then figure out the exact right moment to say the exact right thing to save his best friend. And he does it. Because when you do limit your advisors and you do choose your advisors carefully and you do know who to trust, wise things happen. The applications for our lives in this story with those principles are endless. So I'm not even going to try to walk you through them. I'm just going to hope and pray that as you make big decisions in life, you'll use these as guides. Because when we do, marriages are saved. Kids are parented better. 
crazy mayhem situations don't happen. Peace exists. Lastly, all throughout this story, they point to beautiful pictures of the gospel. The story starts with David, a crying king climbing up the Mount of Olives, worried because he's been betrayed by those who are closest to him. And it foreshadows a beautiful story of a couple thousand years later when another king would climb the Mount of Olives. Tears, feeling betrayed, asking questions like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Ahithophel said to Absalom, go and take David's life and it will bring peace. And he was right. And on the second story, did you catch it? In, in, the, in the first story where it said, the life of one man will bring peace. Oh, it's a picture of the gospel. See, in the second story, the king's life is actually taken, Jesus's. And what does it do? It brings peace to all. Peace to all. Our peace now with God the Father. So the story points us to the gospel and reminds us of Jesus and how he was the greater king who took what appeared to be a foolish path but was actually the most wise because it brought us back to God. And this morning, you might need way more than you need discernment. You might really need discernment. You need the gospel. And so if you're here this morning and, and you've never heard the greater story, one man died so that all would be at peace. His name was Jesus, and he wants to bring you back into relationship with God the Father. And he died for your sins, so they're forgotten. And now you can have peace with God. Submit to the king. It's always the first step. Thanks for watching this video. If you want to learn more about our church, go ahead and click the link in the description or head on over to experienceredemption.com. Have a great week, guys.